Hi, and welcome to Ask Rev, a Christian podcast where you can come online and ask us questions, be it biblically related, church related, Christian related, theology related, or hey, you said I want to ask a pastor a random question, so you went up and said, hey, look, there's a random pastor, let's give him a random question. So you send it to our social medias or our email, which is a fantastic way to give us questions. Guys, keep doing that because we're loving what you're sending. Kaylee, how can they do that? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ask Rev Podcast. You can hit up Wayne's TikTok in the Q&A section at rev.wayne and you can also give us an email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That's askrevpodcast at gmail.com. My name is Wayne. I go by Rev. This is my wonderful wife, Kaylee. We are glad to do podcasts like this. I realize that in all of our episodes... We never introduce ourselves. We never really introduce ourselves. So I thought, hey, this would be a great time to do it. So How many episodes are Boom. we in? <laughs> Way too many to be in. <laughs> Giving introduce intros? myself now. But it's okay. That's fine. We're just glad to do it. Y'all, we have some wonderful questions you guys keep sending in to us. And we want to go ahead and just jump on in. So, Kaylee, what do we got? All right. First question. Should Christians cuss? <gasps> what the? No. <laughs> that was a little close there. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes down to like cussing, you always get these arguments. You know, no, nothing foully from your lips. Uh, you know, don't curse your brother. Don't use the name of God in vain. Yeah, don't use, yeah, the Lord's name in vain. Don't do these kind of things. Uh, really, when we look at cussing, the reason why we shouldn't cuss isn't always necessary. All these different things in the scripture that we find, because when we look at like don't curse your brother, it's really doing things like, hey, I hope that you go to, you know, these kind places. of places that start with an h and are bad but you know that's kind of cursing your brother in that sense but really when we're looking at this kind of mindset of don't cuss it's because when we look at ourselves compared to the world we're supposed to be a lot different we're going we're supposed to be separate so yes christians shouldn't cuss we do christians cuss but really when we look at that we really need to kind of get back to being better it's kind of been like a call against a lot of us is that we need to step up our game a little bit so i would say hey christians don't cuss especially if you're convicted of it if you're like hey i can't believe i'm proclaiming the gospel with my words this way but i'm over here doing bad things so be careful but yeah next question (laughs) all right should christians drink or smoke Ooh. What kind of smoking are we what talking kind of smoking about? What are we doing? I think. Uh, are we doing the devil's lettuce? I think. Is it uh, the ganja? Smoking. I think the person was probably asking about all substances, mm-hmm. not just tobacco or. No, but probably was tobacco is the mindset. But if we want to go all substances, I say guys, stay away from it. It hurts. You know. We look at the same mentality of gluttony. We look at the same mentality of all these self-harm and hurt, which y'all, you're in, if you're ever having self-harm issues, if you're ever having suicidal thoughts, please do reach out. Uh, You guys have the ability to uh, text the number 988, and there is a crisis worker who are waiting to be able to help you out and talk with you. So please reach out to them. So I'm going to say this, in those moments when we look at hurting ourselves, even in something as minor, quote-unquote minor, as smoking like tobacco y'all it does damage to you it's a long time suicide you're killing yourself that's what it is so i say one please you know addiction is real it sucks please reach out for help when it comes to things like alcohol and things like that same thing i say reach out for help there's something underlying it so please reach out as christians we, we really shouldn't 
uh, smoke, and everybody uses the argument for drinking. Well, Jesus drank wine, but in the reality is when we look at the culture, alcohol in the time of Christ or even in the culture over the Middle East and in Europe and Asia, we find that alcohol is not meant to be something to use as an abusive thing. Abusing alcohol has become a Western culture. You see it a lot in France as well, so I do have to be careful with that quote on Europe. But especially in the time of Christ, it was meant to be something respected. You know, you drank wine as a part of your meal. It was something to be, it was something delectable, something that you sought after. I'm trying to get the right words here and it's not working. Well, you got to think, like, the way that they got their water was probably through wells Mm -hmm. or through running systems. But in the desert, you don't see that a whole lot. And the water that they did have available wasn't purified like we have today coming out of our tap. Mm -hmm. So they had to have some sort of way to purify. And if you look at the aqueducts in Greece... In the ancient civilizations, they were lined with lead, weren't they? Well, different crushed of metals. Not all of them are lead. Like different poisonous things that kill people. So the only way that they figured out to purify, quote unquote, was to make beer and wine. Well, yeah, because we look at like the church of Laodicea that we find in Revelation. The reason why uh, the scripture uses the mentality of uh, you were lukewarm, so I spit you out of my mouth, was because lukewarm water at the time was so disgusting. It was uh, full of all these metals. It had to either be hot so coming from the hot springs, mm-hmm. which would have been more purified. And or probably had a lot of sulfur. Yeah, in it. definitely. So these kind of mentalities, when you look at how we purified water, it was good for them. It's the same reason why England came up with things like beer and uh, and tea was because, or the way that they made all these different things was because the water in their uh, canal system were terrible. And it was they full no of poo. Source. Yeah, it was not a good source. So they came up with ways to do it. But when we look at the way that. The culture really looked at alcohol. They didn't go out to abuse it. It wasn't to get wasted. It wasn't to get quote unquote turned. It was used more as a part of a meal. It's delicacy. It was important for them. It was something that was used in ceremonies and things like that as well. Religious tribes. But for us as a community, especially in the United States, we have a culture of abusing alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I say this simply this, as a Christian, I stay away. As a pastor, I stay away a lot because people look at me and say, okay, well, here's the example. Not only that, I have a very addictive personality. Y'all, I got off Dr. Pepper for 14 weeks and realized how much my life changed because I was drinking Dr. Pepper a case at a time. Yeah, he would literally sit down and drink like six, seven Dr. Peppers. Yeah, and to me, it was like, it was nothing. I was just drinking like it was water. But the reality is that, no, I was addicted to the thing. So as a person with an addictive personality, I stay away from things that have addictive uh, have addif- addictive traits, things that keep me going back to it. So I caution anybody, if you have an addictive personality, stay away from it. I caution anybody, if you have uh, self-medicating, it's not a good idea. It never is. Guys, please, please do reach out. Please seek help. Always. But when it comes to alcohol and smoking as a Christian, I say, hey. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. And I know, like, it's a, I think, like, a cultural thing, too. Like, down here, I feel like it's more acceptable to drink as a Christian and to smoke, like, tobacco as a Mm -hmm. Christian. Because up where I'm from, in Iowa, you didn't do either of those things as a Christian. Like, if you were a very self-proclaiming Christian out in the world, you didn't drink or smoke Mm -hmm. at all. Well, there's become a a trend like we can go down this path for a second there's become a trend especially uh in the southern baptist community where we have become allowing minor sins yeah we've started doing that a lot Uh, a lot of uh, southern christians do that we allow minor sins to happen and because we realize why keep fighting the battle on the small things when we're trying to fight the big causes the reality is no we need to have 
obedience in the small things. We need to be found faithful in the small things. So when we think of a battle with uh, cigarettes and alcohol being a small thing for a Christian, the reality is that's where we need to be found faithful too. Mm -hmm. But hey, no, I've been called to be different. I've been called to be better, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm not going to even go down to like the whole body is a temple thing because reality is that's been abused. The reality is it, it's hurting you. And that's something that we're definitely called out to do because we are God's creation. We're supposed to be taking care of ourselves just as much as everything else. So we have to be creation care in that. Yes. But what else we got? All right. So here we go. Who is a great example of living the Christian lifestyle? And why is it Dolly Parton? Don't you dare go against that, though. God will smite you. Hi, Bree. <laughs> to be honest with you, though, why is Dolly Parton the perfect, perfect Christian example? Because <laughs> it's so true. Oh, uh, When I look at like a perfect Christian example, you know, the people that we generally go to are these like great pastors. The Billy Graham. Billy Graham, you know, the 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 holiest man who would never actually consider him holy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he always had that moment, moment of modesty. But when we look at people in this community as well, who do we? Who else would be a good Christian example? You're right. You know, the way that Dolly Parton has taken care of her community, taken care of her home, has made a whole dynasty off serving her people mm-hmm. and her community. It shows that she really does have a Christ-like characteristic in her. But when we look at a lot of us as Christians, we need to realize we all have the similar trait in us. Dolly Parton has been blessed with a massive amount of money from all of her work, all of her amazing talent that she's used, you know, through Dollywood, through uh, Branson, Missouri, through Pigeon Ford's area where she owns 51% of the cities. You know, she's been able to use those kind of things, turn her cities around, pour into the school systems, bring up education, and, you know, impact reading across America. Mm-hmm. It's awesome what she's doing. So, yeah, I would say that she's a wonderful Christian example. But when it comes to who's the best Christian example I can think of, I'm going to be that pastor and say it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think they I guess it. if we have to use a, um, not Jesus, who would you choose? I have Besides to, Dolly Parton. Uh I have to go with uh, Billy Graham would be my first go-to. Besides Billy Graham. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer would be Besides the next Besides Diedrich one. Bonhoeffer. <laughs> I knew you'd say all those things. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> As we keep going down the list of people who serve their community or actually have shown a Christ-like faith, who, who have been Christ-like. Uh, next would be Pawpaw. Honestly. My grandfather. Seems very much of a Christian influence in my life and Christian man. Showed Christ-like characteristics because of how much he served the people around him. They didn't have much growing up. I mean, I remember financial troubles. I remember seeing all that. Knowing all the things that they went through and stuff. But yeah, Papa still went to go house to house and help fix stuff at people's houses because they didn't have anybody else. You know, he'd go to the neighbor's house and bring me along with him to him to change a, uh, actually a fan in the house. And it was awesome. Why did he do it? Did he get paid? No, he was just doing it to help out a neighbor. I mean, he served a community through the Lions Club so well that he earned a volunteer award that everybody else spent a lot of money to get. He earned it purely by volunteer hours. So I look at somebody like that who chose his life when he couldn't walk for most of his life, when he wasn't able to do a lot of things, had health conditions out the wazoo, and he chose his life to serve the community. That's somebody I look to. Who do you think? Who do you got? Um, 
You can't say your grandfather. Why not? Because I chose the grandfather out. That's just that's copied out. Uh, okay. You well, can like, say grandpa. That's okay. I, like I mean, grandpa. my grandparents, I think, have been one of the biggest, um, like, influencers in my life for Christ, um, just by their knowledge mm-hmm. of the scriptures and. You know, I know they too went through really rough times in their early married life and raising five kids and moving throughout the whole Midwest for most of my dad's childhood um, and then settling where they are now. Um, And they still, I mean, my grandpa broke his hip last spring and, you know, he's still going to church every Sunday, you know, he's wanting during COVID, they wanted to go to church every Sunday. I mean, to the point where if they couldn't physically go to their church, they'd watch us on live stream Mm -hmm. at our church. So, you know, just seeing the dedication to the church and honestly, it's kind of sad from some of the things I've heard about some things that have been happening back home, Mm -hmm. but you know, they still been faithful through all of the different things that have been going on but i don't know for some odd reason bach just kept coming into my brain oh, too no. <laughs> oh no i I'm just... married a music teacher <laughs> why um because <laughs> that's the one that i, the I just one don't know i just think of like i guess i'm like i don't know bach personally obviously because he's dead very dead many years But, I mean, just the amount, the vast amount of music he put out for the church and how Mm. it's impacted millions of people throughout the last several hundred years and how people have used it in worship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just amazing to me. Oh, yeah. And I know he raised a lot of children. (laughs) 20, to be exact. And he didn't make a lot of money going through his life. So, and hardly any of his compositions actually got published during his lifetime. It was mostly after he died. His yeah. wife then published everything. Um, but just the amount of good things that he did for the music of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made a huge impact not only the music, but in the theology as well. Yeah. So, to see the amount of impact one person can have, that's awesome. I love that. Okay. Um, who's Mozart's favorite composer? Who's Mozart's favorite composer? Bach. You know why? Why? Bach, 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 Bach. I don't get it. Never mind. No, you gotta explain it now. You told the joke on the air. You gotta tell us. Okay, well. Everybody else is on the other side. Go, oh, that was funny. I'm yeah, I probably blew out. it, I'm, but um, there was a... Mozart was a jokester. You know. Oh, you're talking about the lady who had like, the whole... Um, and he, there is a certain soprano that he really did not like. <laughs> And he, she got cast in one of his operas. And so he was like, hmm. So to be that petty person, he wrote an aria that would make her bob her head up and down like a chicken. Because when she would go from high notes to low notes, she would move her head up and down. Hence the chicken. Bok, bok, bok. Bok, bok, bok. We. And we got canceled. Okay, so. Um, I don't think we get canceled for bad jokes. I think we just lost all our viewership. <laughs> they just all stopped listening. <laughs> like, no, Please, if, you, if you're if you still Please. here, thank Please, you. come back. We need um, 
So we have one final question, <laughs> unless you're not done with that other one. No, go ahead. Okay. You, you, you messed up the whole thing with the, with the Mozart jokes. So let's kind of see what else we got. Okay. Maybe I should just make my own podcast full of musical jokes. No one would listen. I would, I would listen. And my dad would listen. I, all my tens of listeners. No, here's what happened. Well, I would tell the jokes on the podcast. You would listen to it. And then your dad would listen to it and call you with the jokes. Yes. Yes, he would. Although I would be the one sitting here recording the podcast for you. Yes, and hearing all the jokes. Yeah. And then listening to them again. Yeah. And then again. I'm a supportive husband. Yeah. <sighs> all right. So, final question. What is your strategy for consistent Bible reading? Oh, good question. See, that's kind of like a hard turn left. So, I like that. Consistent uh, Bible reading, honestly, and it's like something you haven't heard before, right? Uh, do it. So... Making a dedication, putting time in your uh, in your phone, anything like that, where you can constantly have a reminder, dedicating a specific time of your day, where it's non-negotiable during that time of day, you're going to read the Bible. So, what does that look like? That means every morning when I wake up, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes early. I'm going to sacrifice 30 minutes of sleep because this is important to me. Wake up 30 minutes early. Without 30 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible. After 30 minutes is done, I'm going to get started, started with my day. So I'm not losing any time that I've already had negotiated in my day because I know i got a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But for that 30 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible. Taking times when you're watching TV. Like it's the same thing we look at. Okay, you want to work out. You want to lose weight. All right, during TV time, whenever there's a commercial pop up, open your Bible app. For that commercial, read through your Bible a little bit. If you do that, if you see the consistency of it within a couple of hours of TV show, you've read 30 minutes of Bible. And you really kind of get a consistency with it. You really have to fit it in wherever you can. But Bible reading plans have been amazing, have been an awesome tool. I've come to the point where now everybody else is like, hey, you know, I can't start my day without my cup of coffee. My plan is, hey, I cannot start my day without reading my Bible. That's my plan. So when I walk into the office, I walk in, I sit down. Have a prayer time, have my devotion time. Of course, for me, for my work, I'm a pastor, so I have a lot of that kind of time. But I made it a non-negotiable. For that 30 minutes, I'm not doing anything else. Because to me, it was important. If Bible reading is important to you, you're going to make it non-negotiable and you can go after it. Here's the trick. you got to make it important in your life. Mm-hmm. If you don't make it important, you're never going to do it. This is the reality of it. So I always say, make sure that the reading of the Word of God is important in your life. Make it a non-negotiable. Go after it. One of the tricks that I've heard, though, from a friend of mine is, hey, uh, God, I just don't find, time, don't find time in my day where I'm able to stop and read. Because, you know, he's going from work to work to work, back into ministry, going back into home, going home to sleep, gone. You know, that's all he's had. You know, it's constant going. And God revealed to him, hey, I give you about 20 minutes a day on average that you could read you have a phone that has the bible app on it while you're sitting on the toilet read your bible like it's a weird thing to do it's something you don't think to do often nobody wants to hold a bible or keep a bible stored in their bathroom no some people might some people might but when you look at that kind of mentality hey that's minutes that you're not doing nothing you're just sitting there pondering life well why not ponder the word jump in it use it use the time that you have wisely that's what I would say. Yeah, and it doesn't have to start off with you, like, reading whole chapters, like, in numbers. Like, my mom always keeps a daily bread in her purse, mm-hmm. and so she might read that. Or some people, you know, start at the beginning of the month, and, you know, the first of the month is coming up this tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're listening Cheers. to this on... Oh, yeah, no, because it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording this not on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so December 1st is quickly approaching. So uh, something you could do is read through all the Proverbs. So read one chapter a day. Start on day one, chapter one. That's something I tell the kids. Read through it. Mm-hmm. And then if... You know, I think it takes, like, what, 28 days to start a habit? Yeah. So if you consistently can read one chapter a day, and then, you know, they're not terrible long. No, I mean, they're quick. I mean, some of you read through novels like nothing, like in a day. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I read The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> I read it in one day, in one sitting. I sat down, started it, and never didn't put it back. I finished it at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that. You can read a chapter in the Bible. Here's a trick that I really need to kind of bring into it. Find a translation yeah, that works. Yeah, find that one that you like. So there are books, uh, Bibles out there that are readable. Like they're like meant like to be read like a novel. Uh, search after those too. If you want to read the Bible, like I don't want to do these. To, like daily breads are a fantastic tool. Getting a devotion is a fantastic tool. Because it's what they are meant for. That kind of gets you started Bible reading. Not only that, gets you that little, uh, the time to have that somebody who's, knowledgeable of the word to kind of give you a little bit of that sermon-esque uh, motivation. But you can find things like the Life Bible, uh, things like that that are out there. So I have a couple uh, on my shelf. You guys ask, I throw another uh, question in the link if you guys want some recommendations of Bibles to read through. Yeah. But, you know, I use an ESV. I like to read the ESV. It's a good Bible. It's modern English with a little bit of that King James flair. You know, I like that. So trying to find a Bible that works for you when you read it it's not dragging because yeah when we first start reading the bible it feels like a chore it's just how it's portrayed to us especially since it's been beaten into the back of our heads by older adults who don't do it i mean it just feels like it's a chore for us Mm -hmm. so what you need to do is look at it and go hey this is not a chore this is something god's called me to do because he wants me to get to know him more Mm-hmm. So when we have that idea that this is a relationship, I'm trying to build my relationship with God to make it better. I would study every manual alive if they printed it about Kaylee. Yeah. All right. Simply for the <laughs> fact that I want our relationship to be really good. I want to go out of my way to study and make sure I'm doing great things. I mean, that was one thing like when we were dating. When you're dating somebody, you're doing like these questions and answers. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think? This? What's your favorite color? Are you a dog person or a cat person? You know, we do that with people on earth when we're dating when we're wanting to have a relationship with them even if we're not dating we're just looking for friendship why don't we do that with our relationship with god i wonder is god a dog person or a cat person open bible oh he created both so i guess he's a both person you know that kind of mentality so trying to find out that kind of relationship so that was an like exaggeration but i love that so much yeah and you know if you feel like your relationship with god is struggling you need to put in the effort too it's like a relationship in general, you mm-hmm. know, you have to put 100% into that relationship for it to work. <laughs> so if you want your relationship with God to work and to be fruitful, then you need to put 100% in. Because yeah, God's already 100% in. Yeah, he's put more than he's, 100% he, in. He's all in. Like, literally, John three sixteen, he gave up his only begotten son for us. Christ died on the cross so that we can have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. God died for you and me. What was I saying? So know that. God's all in. Why can't we be? 
But guys, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. We appreciate all the work that you guys do. Sending us these questions. Please keep sending us these questions. We're enjoying them so much. I love having these kind of conversations. Me and Kaylee love being able to read them and answer them. So guys, please keep sending them. Kaylee, how can they do that? You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskRevPodcast. You can also go to Wayne's TikTok, Rev.Wayne, and hit up his Q&A section. Or you can send us an email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That's askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for jumping onto the podcast this week. We hope you guys have a wonderful day. Until next time, we love y'all. Bye. Bye.